Welcome to Mums on Cloud9. I'm Heather Black, a champion for women in tech and founder of Supermums, a global brand supporting mums to develop a career in the Salesforce ecosystem. My podcast aims to inspire and support mums to develop a flexible, well-paid, successful career in the tech sector. On the show, we share top tips, insight and inspirational stories from women who carved out a successful career, as well as talk to employers who champion diversity and equality. In today's session, we're talking about how to create a life you love by working less and playing more while still holding down a great, fulfilling career. It sounds too good to be true, doesn't it? So I'm delighted to be joined by Kate Bryars, founder of Corporate Women Unleashed, an executive coaching program for women. I've personally benefited from Kate's program and I can't recommend it highly enough. I'm so excited to have her join us on the show today. So Kate, welcome. I'm so pleased you're here today. Heather, thank you. I'm, I'm excited to be here. I really appreciate it. So I really wanted to get Kate on the show to kind of go through some of the top tips and secrets that she shared with us on the program that I did. So obviously we haven't got the whole program here today, but we're really going to dig down into one of the Pacific areas that's really enlightening, that I found really enlightening for me and how it really played out in my life. So Kate, tell us how we can create more time in our day to achieve balance. Well, it's a great question. I think we all struggle with, right, Heather? I don't think there's a woman out there who doesn't have this question. And, you know, I would ask the listeners, you you know, think about it. How many of you have ever wished for more time in your day? I think we all do. We all feel so time pressed and finding time to do the things we love. It's just not as easy as we thought it would be. Uh, you know, as kids, we looked at adulthood as this fabulous opportunity and this great horizon, a whole world of freedom awaits us. But somehow when we, we, we become adults and we get into that grown up world, we spend a lot of time wishing we were kids again, because it doesn't feel very much like freedom at all. It feels a lot like we're making trade-offs and we're living in a gilded cage. And what I really want to share um, you know, with women is that all of us can create more time to do the things we love. Things like I mean, just simple, relaxing evening dinners with our family, you know, volunteering to coach our kids sports, uh, enjoying a quiet evening, reading a book. Like, do you remember reading? (laughs) And the best part of what I really want to share is how you can have more time to do the things you love right now and actually perform better in your job at the same time. Because if we don't find time to do the things we love, we burn out. We walk away from lucrative career opportunities, Uh, wonderful challenges because we fear the next step is going to be so stressful, Um, you know, and even worse than the last, our relationships suffer. Um, I don't know how many of you ever felt like you're having a transactional relationship with your partner where you're just two ships passing in the night and the spontaneity and the fun is gone. And what happens is we're just left with a life that's just far less satisfying than the good life we once dreamed of. And that's that's really why we exist. We don't want women suffering for success. It's so true, isn't it? Because before I did your course, I have a lot of things that I think, oh, I'm going to do that. It's five years time away. or I'll do that when I'm retired, like do some <laughs> artwork and, you know, take a day off again. And lots of things that I was, was putting on the shelf. And it's so true because you know, I think I kept finding myself going, oh, I'm, I'm reaching burnout again, like, you know, and I'll go on a yoga retreat and I'll feel okay for a few weeks or a couple of months afterwards. And then I'm straight back into <laughs> burnout again. I'm like, ah, <laughs> so absolutely. Like, you know, how do we, how do we get out of that situation where we're sort of avoiding the burnout? You know, how did you come to help people create a life they love? Where did this all 
come from? Oh, gosh. Well, first of all, I can totally relate to everything you said because I burn out. I mean, that's exactly what happened to me back in 2003. I walked away from truly an executive career on the rise. My, you know, I had it all. My career was skyrocketing. And at the age of 30, I was the youngest executive at a multi-billion dollar company. On paper, it was a great life. I played by the rules. I had gotten to this magical place called success. But once I arrived, I was just on this hamster wheel and just going round and round. And I thought, geez, is this it? Like, is this success? Because it didn't feel that way. And all I saw out in front of me, truly, Heather, was just this lifetime of like hoop after hoop, hoop I was going to have to jump through, like stress, time pressure. And the pace of my life just left me little time to really enjoy the fruits of my labor. So what happened to me was I quit. Um, I, I thought I must be doing something wrong. I walked away from a career I had worked very hard for. And I actually went to live on an island, um, which sounds romantic and cool, <laughs> but it wasn't the answer. You know, island life was a fantastic escape. Um, and we have a lot of women who will tell us that, you know, I just want a sabbatical. I just need to catch my breath. But the point is you still have to come back to reality, right? And at some point you still have to pay your bills and, and create a life. And I was determined, like, I need to find a way to be successful without having to sacrifice my personal life in the process. So what happened for me is I had spent my entire career as a corporate marketer and I would study how people buy. I had marketed with top global brands, Pepsi, Quaker State, Mary Kay Cosmetics, and then also these ingenious little smaller brands where, you know, as a marketer, you have to learn how to gain national recognition with very tiny budgets because you've got to become an expert on human behavior of how people buy. So what I did is I, I turned that expertise in human behavior toward answering the question, how do people work? And I started studying sociology, philosophy, psychology, organizational behavior. And, you know, truthfully, Heather, after all my hours of research, studying and experimenting, I have to say I learned how people work mm -hmm. um, from Dwayne Johnson, who we know is The Rock, if any of you follow wrestling. and. Well. Fascinating. I love all that, all this research, and it comes back to the rock. <laughs> well, there's this wonderful quote, um, and he's not the oldest one, but he says, you know, always be the hardest worker in the room. And what Dwayne Johnson is really saying is that these aren't his thoughts alone. Like we have a cultural fascination with working hard. And what I learned in my research is that what we believe is that if we put in the time, if we put in the hustle, we will get to this magical place where life becomes easier, right? Like this is the good life and we're all just slaving away trying to get to that spot. But somehow it's like the good life is an inch or two away. Like to your point, like, oh, I'll, I'll do art when I retire. So now all of a sudden good life isn't adulthood. Good life is retirement. Absolutely. So we're living for the future. And you know, there's nothing wrong with working hard. Believe me, I'm not saying that we shouldn't work hard. But what I discovered is that we as a culture are spending hours of our week working hard when you really don't have to. And that's when the light bulb came on for me. I had this breakthrough and I thought, wait a minute, <laughs> what if we can change how we work? What if instead of working hard, we could work different? And what if by working different, we actually got the same result or even better results in less time and we could use our time differently so we could enjoy our success and do more of those things in life that we love. And what really, I think, Heather, got me excited about this as I researched and I studied and, and started testing this out is the fact that each of us gets to control this. 
Like we tend to look externally and wait for our environment to change or the people we work with need to change. Like as soon as this project's over, I'll take a break. Or as soon as we hire a new person and they get up to speed, things will get better. Or as soon as I work for a different company or I get a new boss, like we're always looking for something outside of us to change. But what I realized is that if we rely on external factors, um, then what happens is we just put our life on hold because we're always waiting for someone else, you know, almost to give us permission. And I don't know about you, but I don't want to wait to enjoy my success, you know, and I don't want women to have to either. Absolutely. And I think, you know, it's those limiting beliefs, isn't it? You kind of think, you know, I, I can't change it because of this, that and the other. And so, you know, it is about looking at it from different perspectives and so I'm really excited to sort of allow share one of your secrets today you know one of those angles that we looked at with you on the program about you know how do you work differently um you know and and make more time so tell us a little bit about one of your secret areas that we can delve into yeah well let's it, it is a secret area. It's it's really part of these patterns that we have adopted and so we all have the ability to work less and play more I'm just going to say that again for everyone who's listening. Truly, we all have the ability to work less and play more right now, but it gets really beaten out of us over the course of our childhood, our beginning years of our career, the environment that we're surrounded. And what I discovered is that what we are left with is habits and beliefs about success that have us working harder than we need to. So what happens is the brain is actually hardwired to like take all the information that we acquire over the course of our lifetime and condense it into routine patterns and beliefs that just makes navigating life easier. We have to make this, you know, we have a lot of decisions to make every day and our brain needs a very quick way to do it. So think of it like your brain is being hardwired throughout your childhood and as you grow um, to create its own easy button. Mm. And at this point in our lives, our brain knows, for example, that a stove is hot right? Like you don't have to touch a stove to discover this. Like your brain's just like stove hot. So the brain has stored that data. And then we just simply avoid a hot stove without thinking about it. So the same thing has happened. Like our brain has taken all the information we've learned about working and about what success, how to be successful. And it's done the same thing. It's condensed it into an information, um, like a pattern of habits. And if we can figure out how to uncover those habits, disrupt them with new habits then we see where we have opportunities to work differently, play more and still get the same result or better at work while having more time for our personal lives. So basically, you know, a big part of what we teach um, our clients is that there are specific behavioral motivators that create these habits. And I just call them styles. And there's six of the success styles. Um, one is achiever. The second is hero. We have lone wolf. There's the mentor, the perfectionist, and then what we call the analyst. And what's really what's really curious about these is I think a lot of us in our professional self have done or professional worlds have done um, personality tests, strength finders, DISC, Myers-Briggs, these types of things. But success styles are not a personality test. A personality test tells you what you are. It's fixed. It's this is the personality that you have. Success styles are patterns of behavior that are changeable. And that's where it gets exciting because we've chosen these behaviors for a reason. And our brain has shortwired us to believe that this is how we need to behave. But those are only patterns that we get to disrupt and we can change them. So for every success style, Heather, you know, there's an absolute positive to that style, but there's also a handicap. And it's the handicap that once you can see that and you understand it, 
that's where if you change that handicap, you can start using your time more effectively and sustainably, where it's not two steps forward, one step back. It's just this is my new way of operating. Mm, absolutely. And I found this really enlightening. And I think a lot of other women on your course did, too, because it just really allowed you to sort of really zone in on. Yeah, that is me actually down to a T and um, how you keep falling into those habits. It's so true. So I came out as an achiever and a hero um, on those. And it was like, you know, it's really for me, I was like, oh, well, that's, surely that's not a bad thing. You know, where's the handicap? <laughs> you know, immediate sort of defense mode. But it's kind of like actually you can see where that is a handicap sometimes because you're stepping in to solve problems where actually you shouldn't do which takes up your time and your energy and then you're not necessarily getting the right team around you know you to step up and actually solve those problems for you so then you can take that time off so it was yeah it's fascinating um you know sort of reflecting on one of these areas and seeing how that changes how you work so tell us a little bit more about the style so perhaps the listeners can kind of identify a little bit with where they might be yeah, no, absolutely. And, and it is fascinating when you start seeing inside of yourself and go, oh, my gosh, I do behave this way. Um, so so the first one is achiever. I'm an achiever hero as well. So the achiever success style, it's a collection of habits um, that, that really drives you to want to win at all costs. So the positive behaviors for achievers, you know, includes like cutting through the noise, getting quickly to the goal line, motivating others in the process, like really being very clear as a leader in your organization, getting, you know, getting to the goal line as quickly as possible. But the handicapped, as you can imagine, for someone who wants to win at all costs is fear of failure. Achievers want to win the game and they will drive themselves either to exhaustion because as soon as they finish getting across one goal line, there's another one right behind it and there's no downtime or achievers can get very frustrated with others who aren't as quick. So what an achiever will do is step in and take over in order to win, which of course means you're doing more work because you're not swimming in your lane um, instead of allowing for a gentler pace. The hero success style, um, now that's a group of habits that drive you to step up to the toughest challenges. Like when everyone else is at a loss, the hero's like, I got this. I'll figure it out. Right. <laughs> it, it's super positive because like, heroes, I know. Right. Cause you're like, that's me. Um, but heroes will tackle like multiple projects at once. They're the ones who, if you're sitting in a meeting or there's a group project, they're the ones who are like raising their hand going, okay, I'll spearhead this. Right. Um, and they do it with a high degree of skill. Right. And so heroes are, are really, you know, highly respected for that. But again, the handicap, just like the achiever, is staying in your lane. Heroes take on more than necessary because deep down the hero success style doesn't often trust that others can get the job well done. So that means you rarely get a break because the result like the hero takes the result always on them. Um, so those are those are two really, really big ones. Um, lone wolf is a good one too, though, because lone wolves are amazing. Like they work alone. They're highly capable. They come up with excellent solutions, which is fantastic. They don't need a lot of handholding. They don't need a lot of support. Like a manager loves a lone wolf on their team because lone wolves just sort of go off to their office, shut the door and get it done. But the handicap for the lone wolf is not allowing others to support you. Um, failure to delegate not allowing, you know, yourself to work as a team and a lot of lone wolves will either redo work, you know, they'll start from scratch 
um, because they just want to be left alone. Let me just close my office door and get it done. So again, that takes up a lot of time when if a lone wolf could learn to be a better collaborator and trust that others are, you know, even if they have a different approach, can get to a similar result, really could um, alleviate a lot of the, the stress that a lone wolf takes on. Um, so those are three really popular ones, but so is the analyst because the analyst is someone who creates success by mitigating risk. Like an analyst always has a plan B, a plan C, they have a backup, and teams will rely on an analyst, right, to identify potential failure points, which is amazing. The analyst walks in with the spreadsheet and says, oh, I've vetted all the options. Obviously, the handicap to that, or not, maybe not obviously, but it's a need for details, task lists, box checking. Rather than stopping at an answer and saying, look, I think we've got enough, you know, I've got enough intuitive sense to make this calculation or make this suggestion, analysts cannot do that. They have to back up all the facts and do a lot of extra work to have that plan B, which isn't always necessary. Um, perfectionist is a pretty easy one. I think most of us have heard of, you know, perfectionist. That's a pretty common term we throw around. But in this case, you know, perfectionist is really positive as a success style because Perfectionists have amazing talent for communicating complex, messy information very easily. Um, easily understood diagrams, well-designed documents, you know, beautiful um, reports that are easy to consume, and that helps the people around you make better decisions. However, perfectionists obviously can spend way too much time perfecting their delivery when all that's required sometimes is a draft you know, or just a messy email, it doesn't have to be perfect, but the perfectionist just can't stand those typos, you know what I'm saying? And so they're gonna spend a lot of time festering or, or really working on getting things absolutely right. And then the last one is a really popular one, I have to say for women, um, which is mentor. Mentors achieve success through collaboration. They offer support to others. Like you are the person that has a line of people waiting outside your desk every morning because you're so good at helping others. But the handicap is that mentors don't put into place personal boundaries. They hate to say no. They love, 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 love helping others. So by the end of the day, what happens is that the mentors has helped everyone else with their work and they haven't even begun to do their own. So everyone else is leaving and going home and the mentor is just now turning on their desk lamp and getting to work. So I don't know about anyone out there who's listening, but I'm assuming there's been some giggles and nods um, you know, and, and I would just have to ask, like, how many of you see yourself in one of these success styles, right? Because they're pretty common habits of behaviors that we've all acquired um, up through our career. So um, one of the things that's really, again, cool about these is that, you know, if you ever wonder, like, I know these things about myself, I see those habits, you know, those, those sound familiar to me, but, you know, what do I do and why are they potentially problematic? Well, the first reason is that you may have believed in the past that this is who you are. Oh, yeah, I'm a perfectionist. Oh, yeah, I love to help others. That's just me. I'm a you know nurturer. I'm someone who loves to help others. But that's the whole point that I learned in my research. It's not who you are. This is not your personality. It's it's just it's how you're behaving. These are the habits that you can change. But the second reason that it's hard to change these habits, um, not only is is understanding this is not how you have to be but they're uncomfortable to change, as you know, Heather. Um, and what I always, yeah, well, and what I always like to tell women that we work with is say, like, imagine whatever hand you're dominant, like I'm right-handed. So if I were to pick up my pen or pencil and write my name right now with my left hand, it would feel uncomfortable. It would feel icky. And my brain would say, stop it, Kate, just use your right hand. 
Like just make, let's just get, let's get your name written. Who cares? Let's make it easy. So a lot of times these different styles I just described to you all, they seem easy. They seem like the shortest route to get where you want to go, but they're actually not. They're making us work much harder. So what you have to do is make small changes, understand how to analyze when you're behaving in that way, when it's a positive, when it's a handicap, and then start making changes. And it's very much like riding with your non-dominant hand. In the beginning, it's gonna feel uncomfortable. You're really gonna to wanna to revert back to riding with the hand that's more comfortable. But as you continue to work through that discomfort and learn to you know, not raise your hand and volunteer for every project or say no to someone who's standing at your door, now all of a sudden as your brain learns, you're okay you're still successful, no one's upset with you. And we have a lot of fears around creating that change so that when you learn to do that, all of a sudden your brain says, wait a minute, now I can start focusing on what's truly important. And this discomfort I'm feeling is just temporary. It's not really, it doesn't really mean that I'm damaging my reputation or hurting myself in my job. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. And I think what was really interesting about changing habits is you know, putting in place the things around you in order for you to change those habits, because it's not mm -hmm. just you're not going to just change them overnight. I think, you know, some of the steps that I took, you know, going through your program was, you know, I, I reshifted some of my team members and introduced new team members and reallocated things. So it allowed me to change the habits in a way um, that I, you know, I had the right skills and the right sort of trust and the right support around me to do it. So it, it's really that big picture view, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. And I'm curious, Heather, like before you worked with us, did you did you see those other options as options for you or were they sort of not really? Because a lot of times I think what we see is once you're aware of your habits, now you see possibilities that you didn't see before to change your behavior or to make new decisions in the workplace. I think it was kind of a combination of I know I knew where I wanted to get to, but I didn't know how. And I'd reached that point of needing some new ideas or suggestions of, you know, how to make a shift. So mm. certainly you know, the things that I learned on this program, um, you know, and understanding myself better helped me create shifts that I hadn't thought necessarily about before or kind of you know, taken action on. So I think, mm. you know, the coaching has two two impacts really one is it encourages you and gives you a good kick at the bum to actually take action <laughs> because yeah. you can sit there yeah. and reflect on it and not actually right. do anything but two I think it was just you know one of the first exercises you did with us was around these habits and it was just accepting okay well, what are the pros and cons of this rather than mm -hmm. accepting it as being the norm yeah. Um, and to step back from it and kind of challenge that, because it goes really back to your points of the, at the beginning. You can look at one of these habits and go, oh, that's me, you know, and that's all the way that I'm always going to be, you know, because that is me. <laughs> and that's not, you know, that reality of it's a habit that you can change, yeah. but accepting that you're not going to just change it overnight. You're going to take little steps towards that change, um, you know, and, and the achiever in me wants to obviously change the habit overnight <laughs> yeah. I have to deal with that one um, but you know it's kind of like okay we'll take these little steps and realize that I'm not going to achieve it every time either um, but yeah it's really fascinating and I think it's just sticking with it and just being more aware of it um, you know and really sort of making those changes within your workplace and I, I've definitely shifted a lot 
you know, in the eight weeks that I spent with you and continue to shift, um, you know, since then, making those changes. So every week I'm feeling more fulfilled. I'm fitting more in, you know, I'm doing different things that I'm wanting to do. Um, mm. And that's all really, really positive. That's fabulous. Yeah, that's and that's what we want. Right. That's the life we want. We want to be doing more of those things that we love. That's that's incredible. Absolutely. So it's changing those that changing those habits and scripts and things. So yeah. just to wrap up our session, then what three tips would you like the audience to take away? What would you encourage them to do from what you've you've shared with us tonight? Yeah. Well, the first thing I want everyone to know that, you know, understand that how you work is simply a collection of habits and beliefs. It's not what you're supposed to do. It's not something you have to do it that way. There's a lot of different ways to approach success in your professional life that can truly give you the abundant and fulfilling and um, spontaneous, you know, personal life that I think so often we're missing. So it's just not how things are. It's simply a lens that you've acquired and that your brain has learned to operate that way. And you've been wearing that lens or looking through that lens for a really long time. That's all it is. The second thing is to realize that you have the power to change. And while change is uncomfortable, it's possible. Um, and we do have available on our website, um, you know, a link to do sort of the, the, the habit finder. If you're curious what your, your habits are, you're welcome to take that um, analysis and it'll kind of spit out the response. And so, you know, if you're an achiever or a hero or a mentor, and that could be a real help for you as well, just that greater awareness. And then finally would be do something you love every single day. Like from this moment forward, don't put off what you love until you've earned the next promotion or until your team gains more experience or until the kids are grown. Do what you love today. That's fantastic. And I, on reflection of everything that you've kind of gone through, I think when I found your program, it was being allowed to be a successful woman and being a mum and having that balance. Like it was that mm. constant, you know, my biggest tip for the listeners is really don't feel like you have to sacrifice something. Um, yeah. And I'd not found the right type of support for me because I love being successful in what I do. I love inspiring women and, you know, working with my team. And I was trying to work out, well, how do I achieve everything here? How do I excel at work and excel in family life um, mm. and get the balance I want? So thank you, Kate, for introducing and creating such a great program that, you know, allows women to kind of learn ways to to change how they work um and to really you know get a lot out of it and my tip would be to do Kate's program if you need more support around this <laughs> so thank absolutely. you thank you Heather I totally appreciate it absolutely no worries so thank you for joining us on the show it's been an absolute pleasure um and very exciting to have you on here and to share some of your things thank you for listening everyone I hope that it's inspired you to reflect on your own habits and behaviors and the link um to do your own habit test if you like we'll put within the podcast notes so you can go directly to it um, and I challenge you to create a shift to create a life you love don't be complacent um, don't think that it's not possible um, and don't give up your career if it's something you really want to do you know have a reflect on what you've learned about tonight and hopefully that will create and give you some shifts um, to achieve what you want to do so bye for now please do tune into our next show to gain some more top tips for developing your career in the tech sector thanks very much Kate again speak to you soon <laughs>